Hi, Alex. Hi, Izzy. Welcome to episode number five of Alex and Izzy's podcast. Welcome, welcome. How are you doing today? Pretty excellent, actually, considering that uh, we're in lockdown 2.0 in Melbourne. Mm -hmm. uh, for anyone that doesn't know, the basically the rest of Australia is sort of, the yeah, restrictions are starting to ease, but like metropolitan Melbourne, so basically, you know, two hours in every direction uh, from the city uh, is back in lockdown, stage three. So you can only leave the house for groceries, compassionate reasons, and to exercise. Yeah. So sort of wrecks that whole 93 days of lockdown thing we did. <laughs> <laughs> well, still valuable reflections in there for sure, even though I think I kind of personally feel like the feelings are different this time mm. not sure why a little bit more frustration for some reason even though this time i actually know how long it's going to be last time we didn't maybe that's why actually maybe that's why i felt more acceptance last time because it was like well i don't know this could be months and months and months Be better just like roll with it i think i said in a previous podcast it was when as soon as i found out the we had the end date for the last one. That's when I started to feel a little bit like disgruntled and um, mm. and frustrated. Um, yeah, because I had that end date and I knew what to expect. But when there was no end date and you just sort of, there was no choice but to accept it, mm. um, it just felt a bit better, felt a bit easier. Interesting. Okay. Um, so we have been inside for one week, so we have five more to go and... Yeah. I think I've just been um, continuing on with the stuff I was working on last time. Mm. Um, just making something of myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you've been productive. You're, uh, you were on quite, quite a roll with your online coaching at the moment. Seems, mm -hmm. um, a lot of people have home gyms, thankfully, so that part of coaching still goes on. Yeah, and um, especially because the people I signed up last time, mm. I mean, they didn't. They obviously didn't drop off when we went back into lockdown because I got them during the lockdown last time. So yeah, that makes I, sense. I haven't, um, like financially, I haven't had too much of a drop off. Nothing really changed. Mm. Um, yeah, that's great. Yeah, I've uh, from what I've seen around social media and stuff, I'm starting to pick up on that. Some people are. Uh, like a lot of people seem to be suffering mm -hmm. and I'm starting to realize this myself that I, th I think I spoke a lot about acceptance at the beginning of the lockdown. And I, th I think I put on my adaptive mindset hat and just did my best to be as adaptive as possible and I'm not sure how well I recognized how extremely normal it is to feel really low mm -hmm. in situations like this. Yeah. And it's, I think it's dawning on me now because a, a couple of other things have happened that would have, that could have happened at any point in time, but they were like pretty difficult to deal with. Um, so I'm not going to um, talk about it now, but we can just like sum it up with, there were some extra stressors going on um, after going into lockdown, this 2.0 version. And that made me realize that, oh, whew, 
<laughs> okay, not a good time for more shit to happen. <laughs> no, definitely not. Um, it's it's like I understand the, that the collective mind right now might be be having a hard time. Um, so just sending out a little bit of love, love yeah. to whoever is listening and needs to hear that. Mm. I took it upon myself to contact a therapist while we were in isolation mm -hmm. uh, a couple of months back. Definitely not the first time I've been speaking to a therapist. So it wasn't a difficult, I mean, it's always a little bit tricky and always, uh, I mean, always, always, there was definitely some resistance, but it wasn't. You knew what to expect. I knew what to expect. On some level. Yeah. And I knew that I, I knew my reasons for it. And it wasn't, it wasn't, it didn't feel strange to make that decision. That's, that's a good way to put it. So, um, that sort of got us into talking about reasons to pick, go to therapy and also what to expect in therapy and how to, how to find the right counselor for you. Yeah. Cause well. you have uh, lots of experience in the field yourself. Mm-hmm. And As in receiving therapy, not giving it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I've had lots of therapy. <laughs> I've extensive experience in this before. Um, yeah, we, I, I, I think so, and I, I think you agree that if this uh, little podcast can do anything, it might be, it could be to encourage people right now to reach out to someone if they are suffering or struggling and sort of normalize it a little bit by mm. talking about our experience and how it has helped us. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Because it's always when it's, when you need it the most, it's the hardest to reach out. I think so yeah. sometimes just that extra little, not a push, but just encouragement or awareness around it might uh, make a difference to someone. Yeah. And a lot of people have, a lot of stigma associated with it or the idea is definitely there that in some cultures or some context that there is something wrong with you if you go to therapy mm -hmm. um, or that you have to you know be on a real in a really dark spot to need it or to even give yourself that self-care mm -hmm. which i hope we can change as well yeah we can dismantle that yeah <laughs> i always thought about it that if you, i break my foot and i need a physiotherapist to help me with that to get back to training it would be exactly the same type of um care that i would be receiving in terms of how normal it, it would be right yeah that's a good way to look at it yeah breaking a foot is very painful but there is most certainly not anything abnormal or weird about it mm -hmm. <laughs> it happens yeah well yeah i um when i first started looking for well i didn't look for a counselor um my mom helped me out with it i was in school and i definitely felt uh when she first brought it up i remember th thinking oh shit something must be really wrong with me if my mom thinks i need to go see a counselor because <laughs> that's the outlook i had on it mm. But, um, you know, I went and did it anyway, and that's sort of where my journey began with it. Mm. So how, how old were you then? 
Uh, I was in the last year of school, so in year 12, so I was, I was 17, 18. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. that's when I had my first uh, encounter as well. And uh, did you have to go through a process uh, in finding in finding the right one? Like, did you find one straight away or did you did you try a couple? No. How was it for you? Uh, because I was, I was 17, but I, I didn't want to tell anyone. And I most certainly didn't have any money to pay for it myself when I was 17. Um, so in Sweden, we have this thing called Undumsmotagningen, which is like youth care center. I don't know if you have the equivalent here, but it it would be where you went to get like free condoms and stuff. <laughs> right. And uh, yeah, if you needed um, to get like get on the pill or something and they wouldn't not charge you anything and they didn't tell anyone that you were there, you could just go and get the help you needed without any like questions asked basically. But obviously there was, they were nurses and social workers who worked there. So it was a really professional environment. And I knew that you could get counseling there for free before you turned 18. Mm-hmm. I think it was 18. So, yeah, I went there. And it, it probably took like a month and a half before I got to see someone after my initial consultation. Mm-hmm. But it was such a relief because, yeah, one, it was totally free. And two, I didn't have to tell my parents about it. <laughs> oh, so you went there on your own accord? Yeah. Yeah, wow. Yeah, but I could only get it for... A year because uh, because of my age. it was like age limited. Mm-hmm. That's pretty brave. Yeah, for someone for someone that age. You think? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Um, I had an anxiety attack, and my boyfriend at the time got really worried, and I was like, "Okay, I don't want to like, I don't want you to be worried, so I'll go see someone." Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember that initial con- uh, consult was. <sighs> It's it's just mind blowing, like getting someone to put those simple words to it. Like you can't bottle up. If you bottle up, that happens. And I was like, bottle up, <laughs> bottle up what? <laughs> and she's like, your feelings. Well, <laughs> okay. What do I do? You talk about them. Okay. <laughs> With who? Oh well, here's an appointment. Okay. <laughs> it's like not used to that. <laughs> yeah. And ever since then, that's all I've done. <laughs> Talk about your feelings. Yep. Yeah. It feels great. It feels great. I don't bottle up anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just say that. Um, yeah. I I um, I liked him. His name was Marco. And how long did you see him for? Probably seven months or something like that. Mm-hmm. Is that the longest that you've seen a therapist for? Did you, have you had other experiences? Hmm. Yeah, I think so. I have seen one, two, three, four since then, four therapists since then, but not for that long. Yeah. 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 What about you? How long were you with your first one? I can't remember, to be honest. Um, but I remember, I, not, not for very long. Um, I remember you know, seeing her for not that long. Then I saw someone else. Um, for not very long either. And then I met the one that I still see now. Mm-hmm. Um, that must be like five, six, six years ago, maybe. I think. Then um, you have been seeing your current one. Yeah, Solomon. Yeah. 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 
Um, and I did see one in the middle there, but only because I'm going to touch on this later, but I got really uncomfortable with Solomon, not only because he was challenging me. Mm-hmm. And I was so uncomfortable with the challenge that I was like, oh, I don't, and, and, oh, and I think I actually had a break because he didn't have any spots left. So I think I went and saw some, I think that was probably, that was probably at that time. I went and saw someone else for like a couple of sessions and he was really great. But then I just remember thinking, I've spent all this time building up this rapport with Solomon and realized, you know, upon reflecting that I was just uncomfortable. So then as soon as he had spots again, um, I took up the chance and then, yeah, Mm. we've been kicking gals Mm. ever since. (laughs) Well, you're touching on something really interesting there because um, before I had my first appointment with this lady here in in Melbourne, so it's online currently, but... um, I was worried, worried, like, what if it does, what if it's not a good fit? What if I don't find that uh, connection that I think that I feel like I'm looking for right now? And you, and you told me, well, you don't have to decide just because you do, do one session with her. And even though I have been to therapy several times, I think I always felt like, okay, I'm in this session with this person now. I mean, I guess that means commitment. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's the, because you share, mm. that makes it feel like, oh, I'm locked in now. I'm committed now because I just gave a part of myself that I'm you know, I'm not really comfortable. Mm. You know, that's why I'm here yeah. to unravel that. So I think it's about, you know, expecting that or be, being prepared to, be vulnerable and open up, but not feel like you've you've given a part of yourself away in case the the relationship doesn't work out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that is a really good point because I think a lot of people have resistance towards going to a therapist because they think it is a big commitment straight away. I mean, heck, I feel like that if I go to a hairdresser, I feel like I have to be with that person for life. So that's why I never cut my hair. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm with this person now. Yeah. I don't like what they do to my hair, but I chose them. <laughs> like, it's okay. You can choose. Yeah. And, um, a lot of clinics or, uh, do you call it clinics? Like therapy? Yeah. yeah? They have, um, they have consultations. And they, a lot of them also do uh, like matching. So you will speak. Do they? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So the one, the one, the Mel, uh, Melbourne's, Melbourne psychologist, I think it's called the one I'm in now. You can book an appointment with their like senior psychologist and she will match you with who she thinks you're going to be the best fit with. Mm-hmm. So. But it's quite overwhelming because I got stuck on Google for like hours and then I gave up for two months and then I just picked it off because I was like, ah, enough, I'll just pick something. <laughs> yeah, that's I, that's the hardest part to actually find someone. And I'm not sure I have like the most amazing advice with that either. I think I'd probably, you can tell me whether you agree or not, but I'd probably like ask around and see if anyone has a good counsellor, maybe not like your partner or family member or best friend or anything but someone that you know that you're not you know Mm. super super close with Mm. and um and finding out that way because otherwise it can be quite daunting just like searching it on the internet it's like i gotta you know i gotta open up to this person yeah um yeah it's scary 
Yeah, I if there's an, a way to book online, I will go for that any day. I remember when I was back in Sweden, I was trying to find someone and you had to call the office and explain to the like person answering the phone what your issue was. And I was like, F that. Mm. <laughs> I've done this five times now because you didn't have like the odd... It was like I kept calling to find someone who had times after 5 p.m. on weekdays because it was the only time I could go. So I had to tell like three different people, three different strangers in one day what the issue was over phone. I'm like, I don't like this. Just let me book online. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that is becoming a lot more common now mm -hmm. that you can uh, just very easily book online. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what what can you expect when you do, say that you do find a counselor. I picked mine because she looked friendly in the photo, by the way. Mm -hmm. That's it. <laughs> um, so so you, you go online, you find a face that looks friendly, you take a chance, you book an appointment, mm -hmm. um, you're signed up for your first session. What can you expect? I think, as I said before, you can, I think, Prepare to be uh, to be vulnerable and prepare to open up. Um, but in the same um, in the same sense, you also want to sort of be aware of how you feel with that person. I mean, you're not going to build a relationship in one session, but do they make you feel safe? You know, do you feel comfortable with them? What's what's the feel? Do you prefer a more clinical logical sort of feel do you like a more uh i guess like for me i definitely like a more spiritual sort of nurturing sort of mm. environment um yeah just be just be prepared to be vulnerable and be prepared to give it a go yeah. i think yeah yeah what, what would you say yeah i think people often have an idea that a therapist will analyze analyze you and everything you say mm -hmm. right so you might feel a bit scared of saying the wrong thing but that's not how it works it's an exploration of you so you explore you together mm -hmm. and there are that they will analyze you obviously but by asking you a lot of questions over time so that one session isn't gonna be the session i think that will be a good expectation to have like or rather do not expect your first session to be that one session that defines your therapy yeah does that make sense yeah yeah, yeah. It, you know anticipate that it's going to be a journey yeah yeah and anticipate that you might be really tired afterwards and feel even worse mm -hmm. i think that's very common Oof. Yeah, yeah. It might don't. unravel stuff that you weren't expecting. Yeah. Do not book a session before you have to go to work. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Even if you don't hit something that's like you know, you know, you don't have to come out of come out of there, you know, bawling your eyes out. Mm. But it's exhausting, especially if you're in there for forty five minutes an hour and unpacking your feelings and maybe having things presented to you in a way that you're not used to thinking about it and. You, takes a lot of time to process mm -hmm. so i think um blocking out some time for yourself afterwards just to spend some time on your own or however you want to do it mm -hmm. 
yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be going to work or have some sort of, you know, commitment afterwards. Yeah. If if it's avoidable. Yeah, exactly. Vulnerability in any shape or form is quite exhausting. So I think very good reminder to just expect to feel a little bit, maybe tired, maybe even sad, maybe even worse afterwards or not. Um, my recent, most recent experience was the first session with my new lady. <laughs> I probably shouldn't call her my new lady, but <laughs> my, new lady. my so- first session with lady, <laughs> my first session with a friendly lady, um, was I felt fantastic, like a, a stone lifted off my chest for the first two weeks afterwards. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, woo, liberating. Wow. And then that feeling went away and was replaced by heavier stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, the ac- taking action felt great. And then that accumulated, or not accumulated, but transformed into the deeper work that can be quite tough. Yeah, yeah, there's layers. Mm, absolutely. You know? So you might peel off one or two only to reveal something much deeper and it's just I think expect that that is part of the work. It's not It's not always going to – you're not going to feel better and better as you go. No, maybe or maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah. But. I mean, we should probably mention obviously for whoever is um, doesn't really have a good picture of therapy, there are different types of therapy as well. Um, so it might be good to research that. I don't think we will be going into the therapy forms today, um, with the risk of just being wrong. (laughs) Having no idea what we're talking about. (laughs) Um, but I, I know that some therapy forms will go on longer and others are more, you can probably expect to be a little bit more shorter and focused depending on what the issue is. Like I went to therapy for my snake phobia and that was over in five sessions. So Mm. (laughs) that was actually pretty incredible when you think about it, how Mm. I went from having like 26 years of deep rooted phobia to holding a snake after five sessions Mm. with a guy who was still in uni. It was, it, it wasn't a psychologist. It was a student. Yeah, you said he was like really like nervous. Yeah, he was stuff, super right? nervous. He was like shaking and blushing. And obviously I was probably one of his first. Um, again, me with a money mindset, I was like, I don't want to pay for this. So I w- we can go see a student. And it was like $10 per oh, session. Wow. Yeah. Um, supervised. Like he, they, they are professional and he was, he was great, but he was clearly nervous. I was like, whatever. <laughs> It's nothing personal. Like, I just want to get rid of this snake thing. And it worked. Like, the therapy form was good for me. Uh, the, it suited its um, purpose. And I still don't like snakes, but I don't uh, have, uh, I don't cry when I see them either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, pretty good. Yeah. I live in Australia, damn it. I think I do good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you were prepared. You didn't know what you were preparing for, but yeah. you're prepared. <laughs> Not that there's really that many snakes like in the CBD, but anyway. There has been one at one point. Where? I read a news article that a tiger snake hitched hike hitched hiked on a on a on a in on a car on the underside of a car into the city and they found it on the street. Oh wow. Hmm. Well, you never know then. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> I would have been prepared. <laughs> yeah. I think the in terms of like 
different types of therapy. I know there's heaps of types, and I know we said we weren't going to really mm-hmm. unpack it, and we're not. But I know that just to give an example, I know that so I had a friend who did more like cognitive behavior therapy, um, and that was much more like you present, you come, you go in there, you present them with a, an issue, and you work through that issue. Yeah. Whereas the work that I do with um, with my counselor, who's basically he's just my mentor now, mm. it would be like this is the problem, and then he'd be like, okay, let's where does that come from? And it, it was sort of more work towards finding the deep rooted issue, which can be much more intense because that you dig right down and yeah. and and unpack all of these other things. So mm. you sort of need to be comfortable with with doing that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, and then some people might not like doing that. Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. So just you know, being aware of like how you feel with with the approach and yeah, yeah. I believe uh, the one of the approaches, at least that we are working with in my sessions now, is uh, acceptance and commitment therapy, uh, largely based uh, a mindfulness based approach where you work around accepting negative feelings and emotions, learning to live with them rather than fix them, so to speak. And cognitive behavioral therapy, like like you said, like you would come in with um, a situation that triggers a response in you. So say I see a snake and I get really scared, so it triggers fear and avoidance. And I don't go out into, I don't go outside because I'm afraid of snakes, let's say that. Um, we would work on that situation by changing the cue, like changing the trigger of the feeling. Mm-hmm. And then maybe like psychotherapy would be more of digging into the workings behind why you have those emotions, maybe like childhood or previous experience. Yeah, yeah. Psychotherapy yeah. is the one that, that my counselor works with. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ooh, I just felt like <laughs> I'm going to have to go. <laughs> I hope I didn't say anything wrong there, but I feel like that summed it up fairly correctly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's where our exp- expertise ends. <laughs> yeah. So you said that you you escaped. You ran away from Solomon. Uh, no, I actually realized I said that wrong. I went on holiday for a few weeks in, uh, to to Europe and when I got back, he didn't have any spots. Mm. So then I um, I went to see someone else. I asked a friend, um, and I'd or- and <laughs> and I'd already been sort of feeling uncomfortable with Solomon anyway. Mm. But it wasn't with him. I was uncomfortable with all the feelings that were coming up for me, and I guess I didn't really understand the the approach with psych- psychotherapy at the time because I was expecting. A solution yeah but it was like no we're going to unpack all this stuff let you sit with it and you're going to find your own solution but that was only uh specific to me because my whole thing was uh i'd go cloudy because i get nervous or anxious and then people would think they'd have to do things for me like my mom or like my girlfriend at the time would mm-hmm. have to take over and then i never had to got to do anything for myself yeah. so the last thing he's going to do is give me a solution. But I didn't understand that at the time. So it was just so, I was so deeply uncomfortable with that. Mm. So I wasn't that keen on going back anyway. Um, but once I'd sort of um, went and saw this other guy and he was really great, and I, but it just wasn't the same. Mm. It wasn't, it didn't have that sort of, that special connection. And yeah. 
So as soon as he had a spot open, I, I went back. Was it crawled like, back. <laughs> <laughs> was it was it like deep in deep inside you felt like that challenge was the thing that was right for you? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I find I find it hard sometimes to the relationship with the therapist, not just like the connection with with them because of how they speak and the words they use and the the uh, the energy they send out but also say say that aside creating the relationship where you are where you get what you need from them it's all it's selfish if we're going back to expectations you're not going there to get a friend or a coach or a someone that you have to please and be good for Hmm. it's it that was the first thing when i was 17 that was really hard i kept asking i kept saying i don't want to bother you with my problems and he's just like i get paid for this it's literally what i do <laughs> and it, i i think that part i've always struggled with sorry for taking up space here sorry for like burdening you with my issues and hmm. i haven't asked even asked you how you're doing <laughs> How are you? How's your life going? You know, and separating that from the normal so social situations where you would be much more um, empathetic towards the listener mm -hmm. and caring about them and maybe putting yourself in their shoes and how they would perceive the things you're saying. When you're in therapy, it's it's okay. Remember that the therapist's role is to be a container for your story so that you can reshape your story. I think that could also like shine a light. Like when once you get used to that, mm. you can it shines a light on when you are in a social situation. Someone asks you how you are, and you're not feeling that good, and you're like, "Yeah, yeah, good things. How are you?" And you just deflect it straight back. Yeah, yeah. And then so, yeah, it's just you you start to become more aware of the things that you say. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. And what they actually mean. Mm. It, didn't we talk about this last time about vulnerability when it when vulnerability becomes oversharing? Mm -hmm. It's when the empathy isn't there on the other side and you're just unloading. You so when you're with a friend and you're just unloading on them and you're not um they don't have the energy or the ears or the empathy for you at that moment. Mm -hmm. That's not actually vulnerability, that's just unloading yourself onto someone. Mm -hmm. While in therapy the expectancy there is that you can do that yeah, because yeah, they are yeah. not your friend mm -hmm. and they they must have empathy obviously to be good at what they do but they step into a role and you just need to understand that they step out of that role when they go out of their office mm. they can't help you if they care about you on a deeply personal level because then they would burn out so that's not it's not that's not even how it works i think that's what the point i'm trying to get at is that you can Relax and forget about that part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can be confident that, you know, it's their job. They're going to have their own coping strategies. And own therapists. And own therapists, yeah, their own circle or whoever mm. to, um, you know, be able to deal with all these, you know, their clients and, and, and whoever are coming in and unloading all this stuff on them. They've, they're going to have ways to, to, to shed that. So yeah, you don't need to worry about them. And the sherry on top is that their education and experience is also allowing them to see how extremely normal the things you are going through are while talking to a friend or a parent or family member or partner. They might not have that umbrella perspective and 
take on your experience and put all kinds of interpretations on it while the therapist has the ability to look at it from an outside perspective and see, okay, this is very normal human behavior that we can help you sort through. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Solomon will actually say to me, he's like, the day that I start caring about you is the day that I can't be your counselor. Because mm. <laughs> then I can't be objective and actually help you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's a bit of like a, a joke because it's sort of, he, he'll say, like, I don't care about you. you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> but um, like it speaks volumes that you have the like connection and uh, connection there to make that, like, have that card. Jargon? 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 Have that jargon. Jargon. That you have, that you can speak to each other like that. Yeah. Yeah. Jargon's probably not wrong. It's like, we can have that. We can have, yeah. I might cut that out. Let's cut cut that out. Let's cut that out. (laughs) Jargon is like, um, um, like specific talk about a profession or something. Mm. Like, like, like powerlifting jargon would be like, Mm. you know, pushing these out or something. Mm, I see. Um, yeah, so I think next pain point or next, um, the next, uh, common resistance that you would hear is money. Mm-hmm. Agreed. It is expensive if you're paying for it all by yourself. I don't know how you subsidize. How do you say that? Subsidize? Yeah. Subsidize. Subsidize therapy in Australia. Um, sometimes in Sweden, you can go to your medical center, uh, to your, to your GP, uh, to your doctor, mm-hmm. and you might get it a little bit cheaper. Usually that's only for 10 times. So privately, you will always obviously be able to go for as long as you pay. There's something similar like that here as well. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but, like we said earlier in the episode, 10 times is sometimes all you need. So don't throw that out the window if you feel like it's short. I got excellent help from a therapist at a medical center. Um, for, it was only 10 sessions. Mm-hmm. And again, like probably $15 per session or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that can be, that can be great. And if you have a great if you have a good doctor, which like in this case I did, I, she wasn't a private doctor or anything. She was just a general practitioner. And she, she, she told me, you have to go to therapy. You have to go to uh, cognitive behavioral th- therapy. It's great. It works for everything. Bad skin, anything. <laughs> <laughs> she was obviously joking. And I was like, I love you. <laughs> she was like this young, young medical professional, just like, understanding that you don't need drugs you don't need medicine you just need to talk to someone and she just sent me there straight away and i was like thank Mm. you so much so that can work out really well um i don't know what healthcare system the person that you are that you have in your country um (laughs) i'm gonna have to delete a lot um but if you do go privately and it is and you do feel that it is expensive i might argue instead that imagine the value of getting past some of those mental blocks 
and what what you can do with your life without them. Yeah, I was going to say I think I actually just have to I just I think it's it's a matter of perspective. I don't think it's expensive. Obviously some people can be expensive, but in if you look at the value that you get and if you actually really start to you know value your mental health and and the things that can come from that, I just think you know if you find the right therapist, mm. I mean it's priceless. Do you think that's the problem that people some people don't value their mental health. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. They don't think it's important and, or And it's hard because sometimes they might it will take a therapist for them to um you know, value themselves, mm. you know, value their health in general. Mm. Um especially their mental health. So getting over that first hurdle is tough. Yeah. Oh gosh, if you think about it from a like societal level how much more effectiveness and happiness and health benefits we would see if more people were would have access to this to this type of service. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be incredible. Mm-hmm. It would be incredible. Um, we are very sorry that we can't help people with that financially <laughs> on a larger scale. But- we have. We have. <laughs> Tapped into a few things that we're not qualified to talk about <laughs> at the moment, so <laughs> we're like, yeah, yeah, it's uh, you know, it's depending on how you look at it, you know, it's it's not that expensive. We don't really know how the healthcare system works in your country, but I'm sure you'll figure it out. <laughs> um, also, you know, there's cognitive behavior therapy, NLP. And, don't know what that and, is. Uh, don't know what that is. <laughs> and acceptance commitment therapy. We're not going to talk about them at all because uh, we don't really know. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so I guess you just figure it out. We good? <laughs> I I think that I'll be honest. I I don't think that the money or uh, knowing about therapy or the overall access to it is the biggest issue for most people. I think it's the stigma, and I think it's the the belief that you don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Or that it's not going to help you because you're too broken or no one can understand you or you will not be able to connect with anyone in that way. I think that would be the most most common um, limiting belief yeah. around it, the most common resistance around it. I'm just saying that that's just my personal belief. I don't know. I can't, I mean, I'm not saying that like that's how it is. I'm just saying that's what I think. Mm. Could also be that you're um, either consciously or subconsciously just really uncomfortable with the thought of opening up to someone you don't know. Mm-hmm. And maybe you're not used to doing that with anyone. Yeah. So maybe you could even do start, if you're someone that's like that and you're not ready to take that step yet, you could start by journaling. Yeah. And just write something down in the morning or before you go to bed or whenever suits you. Yeah. Just start writing how you feel. Notice the language when you're, you know, your self-talk, the way that you're talking about yourself and your feelings and just get some practice in. You don't have to show anyone. It's just for you. You can burn it afterwards if you want. (laughs) Um, But I think that uh, could be a a great tool for someone who who isn't comfortable taking that step uh, straight away. Yeah, definitely. Um, one thing that I think I want to bring up as well 
because you said uncomfortable opening up with someone like that. Mm -hmm. And it just made me, it was a reminder that I think it, it, it should be said that a therapist is not a replacement for human connection and um, community, friends, family, close ones, opening up to people who care about you truly on a personal level mm -hmm. that there is a difference like a therapist we we discussed that here that they're not your friend and they can't replace the relationship with the loved one mm -hmm. and i think again like one of the biggest issues not money not access it's vulnerability not just with therapists because that's super vulnerable but even with loved ones and even with friends like Believe, believing that you deserve to be listened to and that your problems are worth talking about or not just your problems, but your, your feelings, and your your inner inner works. Mm -hmm. I think that's a, probably pretty widespread. People walk around feeling like I have to be quiet about this yeah. that I'm carrying. Yeah. And then you start talking and you realize it's probably, I apparently wasn't the only one. Yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. pretty common. Uh -huh. Absolutely. That feeling of uh, maybe not nothing better, but there's it's a great feeling to have that feeling of you know, shedding as you as you talk and, and especially as you realize that you're you know you might be relating to someone as you're talking to them or, or something like that and it's not as as scary as you thought. Yeah. So the quote, when you, I don't know who said it, but when you shine your light, you allow out others to shine theirs. Mm-hmm. I think this is uh, very applicable. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, we encourage you to prioritize your self-care, prioritize your mental health. We encourage you to think about your thoughts and feelings not as abnormal, dark, or dangerous, but as a part of you and a part of your life mm -hmm. that you are allowed to share and shine a light on and for whatever reason you want to speak with someone for that is a professional that reason is good enough hmm. it doesn't have to be more complicated than that even if you don't even you can't find the language to around the things that you want to talk about but you just know that you know you have some stuff to un unpack that's good enough reason as well the the that's what the therapist is for, to help you find the language around it. Yeah. And to guide you. So. Yeah. And if you feel like it might be a big commitment, think about it in smaller steps and say, I'll just give this one session a try. And yeah. if I don't like it, I'll do something else. Set micro goals. Micro goals. Yeah. And if it's too big a step and if the money isn't there or the time isn't just simply isn't there right now, maybe the the advice that Alex gave on, on journaling might be a good first step to um, learn how to take the time mm -hmm. to reflect on what is going on inside. Yeah. So I hope this was helpful. Understand that there might be, this might be leaving people with some questions inside and feel free to message us if you want to talk about it or ask anything about uh, therapy that we haven't answered here today. Mm -hmm. And maybe we can help you get to the, uh, to the next step. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'd love to do that. 
Alrighty. Well, um, thanks for today, Alex. Thank you. It's been a pleasure as always. And I will see you after this. After this. (laughs) 